Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Vanni! It's 11! It's heaven for Jamie Vanni! You, 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 you are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! <laughs> Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all? Drama from day one! This is the league we want to watch! We're live. Back after international break, officially over as of yesterday, recording this 9-10. Our favorite time of the year. Oh, yeah. The end of international break. Yeah, that's the best thing about every season. At least these ones are decent, where it's like World Cup qualifiers. Mm -hmm. When it's just friendlies and it's worth nothing, it's like, oh my Just end me, fam. Give me Premier League. Give me Premier League. We're almost there. One more day. <laughs> yes, one more day. But before match day four, we're going to kind of do a little bit of a recap of what's happened the first three match days. Feel feel where we are with some teams, just get a general sense of the league. And to do that, we got some talking points here that we wanted to touch on. We're going to start off with our five most intriguing teams. Sam, how you want to do this? You want to do your technically least most intriguing team to your most? Or you want to just so, you want to do so five to one kind of countdown, or so did you want to? You're saying least, as in bad, intriguing. Or... No, I'm saying because did you have one that stood out to you like, oh, for sure, this one, and then you worked your way down in terms of intriguing. I just picked three good, intriguing, and, and two bad. I see, that's fair. Well, let let me look at your list here because we did this without talking about it. I want to see. We have we have one team that's similar, so that's good. Okay, what what team do we have? We have Everton. Okay, Everton. Let's hear your thoughts on Everton. Well, Everton, we didn't have very high expectations coming in to the season for them. Very low spending in the transfer window. You know, slightly concerned in that mm-hmm. aspect. They brought in like two guys for a combined price of like two million pounds. Um. So that was concerning, but so far, they've gotten the results. It hasn't been the most um, eye-catching thing, but you know, at the, the end of the day, they they've gotten points where they've needed to. So you can't argue with that. Yeah, I would think coming in that you wouldn't have expected them to be more of a counterattack team, even when they're at their most successful. Um, because it, we've talked about it with them before. It feels like after about. 20 minutes or so, they're completely comfortable sitting back and they'll have quick build-up play to get into their best attacking positions. Yet, they're fourth in shots on target per 90 huh. in the Premier League. That's surprising. Yeah, they're like almost six shots me, on target. When I think of Everton, I think of them getting like a couple chances and converting those chances, mm-hmm. not necessarily yeah. having a high amount of chances. 
I I guess. I mean, it would make sense, like because. Well, first off, we'll start off with the defensive aspect. They have the most tackles in the defensive third. That makes the most sense. If you're having this success and you're sitting back absorbing the pressure mm-hmm. and you're getting these good results, obviously it would make sense that you're taking care of your business in your own end. Mm-hmm. As far as the shots and the goal scoring, I think it's I think we underestimated just because they don't have the flashiest guys and it might not always be like the best shots on target when you're watching, but I mean, the shots on target, nonetheless, I think the main thing with them this year is, and this is, you know, we always have this conversation about expected goals, but I thought this was interesting. Highest non-penalty expected goals in the league. Wow. Goes to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Not as a club, not as, not ever since as a team. Yeah. Interesting. And then obviously expected goals, including penalties, he's blown everyone out of the water because he takes the penalties. Yeah. So I think as long as you have a talisman and then you have Richarlison too, who last year, not as efficient as years past, still can bag you goals. You'd expect him to get you at least 10 a year, right? Can get you some assists. He can do some stuff. And I mean, if they keep having your guy, Damari Gray, we'll talk about later. If they keep having him emerge, I mean, even like Alex Awobi is per 90 has like the fifth most shot creating actions. Like when Rafa's getting something out of Alex Awobi somehow, it's like everything's just clicking for this team. See, the thing with Iwobi though is that's always been his strong suit. His short burst. His fatal flaw is that he's a terrible finisher. Yeah. Like he can do stuff. In the buildup, but then when push comes to shove, well, that's why it's bad. That's why you have him out there with Calvert Lewin. You don't. You just need that man taking the shots. I suppose. I I prefer when they have played Townsend. Oh yeah, he's better. I think. I think part of that stat is just because Iwobi comes in for shortened periods of time and he's able to push forward because he's one of the few guys that um, are going to be pushing forward near the end of games when he's in there. So it'll be interesting to see how they hold up. Um, I wouldn't say that the depth isn't there like we've seen with other teams. It's more so the, just can the quality hold up? Will the tactics, will the people adjust? So I I don't know. They're definitely an intriguing team. Two wins and a draw to start in the first three. Um, their schedule isn't too crazy. I think they do play either United or City in their next four matches before the next international break. But other than that, it's they got Burnley this week. And I think they play, I want to say maybe Norwich or something too. So, Could be off to a hot start. Very well could be. So give me give me another one of your teams you got. You want to talk about one of my teams? We'll start the team that I had because I went 5-1 to one in terms of intriguing. I went with Brentford 5th. Okay. I like what I've seen from them. We yeah. knew that they'd probably be pretty interesting, and they just are. Uh their play style is just appealing to watch. We didn't know how it would be in terms of their defense, which has looked solid, and the stats indicate that too. They have the most tackles in midfield out of all the Premier League sides. They're really getting after it, which is weird because it feels like their games are so open in midfield, especially in the first halves. But the second half, it, it kind of feels like it slows down, you know? I guess to me... I see Brentford as kind of a heavily in the midfield 
playing team, even though they whether they get beat or they beat the other team, it's still a lot of it's going to happen in the midfield. Uh, I think it just seems like a a lot of the game is within the midfield in their games for whatever reason. Like the last game they played against uh, Villa, Villa, there was a lot of midfield action, and then also against Palace. It just seemed like it was kind of the battle of the midfield in those games. They don't necessarily spend a whole ton of time attacking Mm -hmm. or defending necessarily. True. Um, And that that shows with what this stat about their their second and second to least and amount of carries into the final third. So if they're making a play into attacking positions just through passing, which we've seen, it's not like they'll play Tony in or it'll be Ayer even going up the wing and stuff. It's not exactly what I thought I would see out of them. You would figure that it would be a lot of Canos on the wing and whatnot, but no. I and I mean the way that they use Tony and Mbwembo. Mbwembo. Yeah. Yes. I I just like watching this team. Yeah, I I think there's still more to come from them. I I don't think they've fully clicked offensively mm-hmm. so far. So I look forward to that. Yeah, and we'll see, just even as the year goes on, we'll see how they hold up defensively. Rye has been amazing in that. He's probably been, I test, you would say, top five stats show. He's been second best behind Lloris. So mm-hmm. I I love me some, some Brentford. Just great team to watch out here. Who we got for you, Sam? I'll take it to the negative, intriguing side. Uh-oh. And we'll go with my beloved Arsenal. See, I, I can't, before you go on, I can't with Arsenal. I don't know what I learned from them. They got an unlucky result against Brentford, and then they got blown out by two teams that are better than them. And they weren't at full strength. I think it's kind of just how bad it's been, like how how poor the attacking play has been. I mean, you still have some good players in there. You know, Smith-Rowe and... Aubameyang and Odegaard played the last match. Yeah, they've had tough matchups, but still, it, it doesn't look like it's it's getting better. I yeah. Mean, there are a lot of players that are coming back from injury and whatnot, so I think that'll be more of the true test. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal's always, even going back to the Wenger days, they always made their bread against the Norwiches and lower teams in the table they always took care of that and then it was the top ones they always struggled with but they did they won the matches they were supposed to so and they have more games like that coming up it'll definitely be interesting to see if they're able to at least take care of business and get in some sort of rhythm now that they don't have to play two of the best three teams to start off the year although arsenal has had some success against the bigger teams where they just sit back and you know get a chance on the counter and win 1-0 or something. Yeah, the Chelsea last year. Chelsea, they beat Man City a couple times, Liverpool. Yeah. So what are you looking for specifically from Arsenal going forward? I think it's just getting all the new guys in. And then also you hope to have Thomas Partey for an extended period of time, Mm -hmm. especially without any European competitions or whatnot. So. And then we'll also see, you know, do they play potential back three with, um, I forget the guy's exact name. 
the Japanese guy. Tamiyasu? Tamiyasu, yeah. Because he's, he's more of a center back, mm-hmm. potentially a right back, but I think a back three kind of seems Suits like him it more than makes a, more sense. Not than, a wing back role? Than, than, definitely not wing back, but... Yeah. But You're saying just more like than a even straight a fullback? Straight up, yeah, right back. I don't think that necessarily makes a lot of sense because he's more of a, like a physical player mm-hmm. rather than like speed down the wing, you know, what Hector Bellerin used to be. Yeah. Swinging in crosses. Yeah, I mean, not to mention for the intriguing teams, Arsenal's just so boring to watch right now. Yes, absolutely. Whether it's clicking or it's not, it's just boring. So they they just failed to make my list. I'm sure they'll bounce back. That's part of the reason, too, why I think they're not super intriguing. I just feel like I kind of know what they are. But Okay. Moving Give on. Give me a team. We got a, number four on the Hanks list, Southampton. Oh, boy. Southampton. We're here. Can I just ask why? <laughs> Fifth in expected goals. Second worst in goals minus expected goals. I don't know what that means. So they have the fifth most expected goals, yes. Okay. But their goals relative to what is expected, they're second worst in that. So these chances are there. They're just not converting their chances. Yeah, besides Mr. If you dumb it down for Mr. Yeah, the small brains like They're me. not very clinical. And, I mean, Armstrong had the one versus De Gea that – probably could have should have scored yeah but i mean when i and i obviously the Gineppo one but besides that i i thought that set was just interesting because i don't view them as a team that gets like a ton of like amazing chances to be fifth not at all that's what i found so interesting about this team uh and that stat in particular they have the most tackles in the attacking third and the highest press rate okay that's that's not really how they played last year, which I thought was interesting too. So there has to be some kind of dynamic shift with Haas and Hoodle in terms of I don't know what he sees. If he just likes these guys in terms of Shea Adams, you feel like he fits in that role. But in terms of the other guys where he said Gineppo might have a more defensive role coming into the year, maybe he just meant like he wanted a higher work rate out of him, but he's not further back or anything. Well, I think comparing... Uh, Armstrong to Ings, Armstrong is going to be a much better presser. Yeah. And I think Gineppo could be a better presser. No, he's got Relative a lot of Relative to a wing. Yeah. Yeah, not not what we thought he was going to be coming into the year, but... Um, yeah, I feel like that's kind of not the worst idea to try and press and win the ball back high up because you're not... You don't have the most dominant midfield, and yeah. you don't have the most dominant defenders. Yeah. So you holding your shape at the back isn't always going to work out as well as you might mm-hmm. think. So you might as well press for something, try to see if you can put yeah. pressure on them, make an Aaron pass or something like that. And yeah, makes sense. So I mean, they did have that one where Armstrong, Mr. Keen, yeah, Keen walked it right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Into him. I mean, when you have a good finisher like Armstrong in there, you know, why not? Mm-hmm. And he's. He's a high work rate player as well. Another stat that caught my eye, especially since I've been down on him and I haven't been able, whenever I watch him, I'm just not impressed by him. Oriol Romeu is third in tackles and third in tackles one. Yeah. 
my issue with stats is you have stats like tackles, which people say, oh, wow, he's, he's great at tackling. Well, if you, if you watch the game, and even Pep Guardiola, you know, regarded as the best or yes. one of the best coaches. One of the biggest frauds. He, he says, you shouldn't be tackling, because if you're tackling, that means you're out of position. Yeah. So to me, if you're tackling a lot, that means you're out of position a lot. There is that. And then there's also, you'll see, like, I think it just shows, like, you might be lacking in midfield yeah. um, in terms of all your guys working together as a cohesive mm-hmm. unit when one guy is making all the tackles. Yeah, I mean, and that's... And it can go, that can even go for Basuma. It could go for, I mean, even at good teams, like, I don't think you'd want that to happen. Even, like, when Leicester won the Premier League, you, I don't think you go into the year, like, just expecting an N'Golo Kante to control the whole midfield and like wanting that in terms of making tackles and winning the ball and stuff. Yeah, that's one of those things you give up where you're playing the four four two, you give up that extra midfielder. So mm-hmm. you're gonna have to somehow adjust for that. Yeah. I guess, you know, it helps to do the press and then you gotta be more aggressive in your tackling, I suppose, too. Yeah. And then the last point I'll make about him, Jao. My guy Jao. Jao Livramento. <laughs> whose the name non-existent is not actually Jao. Yes. He's just so dynamic out there. That was a great signing. Dribbling. Uh, in defense, he'll win some balls back. He had a goal line clearance. He was taking it to, I think, was it Murphy or Richie last week? And just the whole I Newcastle. Think it was Murphy. The whole Newcastle defense. Just taking it right at him. Yeah. Love that guy. Fun player to watch. Don't think he'll be on Southampton very long. Probably not, but we'll see. So Southampton makes it for me. Let's let's go through another one of yours. You want to go with one of the good? One of the good, we'll talk about the August Tottenham. I think for me it's intriguing because they brought in the new coach who was, as we've talked about, you know, their seventh tr- mm-hmm. choice or whatever. Yep. So to me I wasn't that high on them and a little skeptical of – what they were going to do, but so far it's looked good. It hasn't been the most attacking minded, but it's been, you know, well balanced and mm-hmm. controlled. Yeah, I would say that the most intriguing part is they're very similar in terms of them and Everton, in terms of how their defense is held up in midfield and literally just the defense. It's a lot better than I thought in terms of the organization and the quality of players. Uh, and just the willingness to be like, well, we have elite level attackers, so we'll when we get our chances, more than likely, we'll just bet that they convert them. But we don't need to have a ton of chances. We just need to make sure we're playing sound, not getting beat, not getting overexposed. Yeah, I feel like there's kind of a shift going on between play styles where the past few years, five years or so, it's been kind of heavily focused on possession based. Yeah. Especially if you're a top team. Now I I see it more as teams are more happy to sit back, defend well, and then try and hit on the counter. Yeah, there's two kinds of safeties. There's safety in terms of holding the ball and making sure the other team can't get it. And if they get it, you press them or foul them to make sure they can't do anything with it and slow them down. And then the other kind of safety is being like, okay, this is our rock. We're all going to stay tight, compact, move as one unit, get the balls out. 
and we're going to get it upfield and we're going to run. Yeah, I think the issue with the possession-based game is everyone's trying to do like the Pep Guardiola system, but if you're doing that on a much smaller scale with yes. players who aren't as technically gifted as the players on Man City, like De Bruyne or Grealish, then you end up with Arsenal. And yeah. just this like awful These guys who can't make attack. the runs, they can't thread the ball when they need to the way that yeah. these guys at Man City can. Absolutely. Because it's a lot harder to attack against a team that just sets up shop and they force you to be creative. Whereas if you say, okay, we're going to counterattack, we're going to let you have the ball, it's easier to score because you're just going against fewer people. Yes, I completely agree. So, that so, any yeah. other points on Tottenham? or No, I'm, I'm just... Intrigued to see how it's going to go going forward? They've uh, gelled nicely so far, despite missing Harry Kane for the first couple matches. Uh, yeah, and I mean, getting him back, that's going to be absolutely massive obviously having a guy like Deli Alley come back into the team and seems like he's kind of an important piece so I'd say far. serviceable so far yeah hasn't been I'm, the, I'm saying like they yeah. see him as more of an important yeah piece compared than, to what he was before yeah. okay that's fair next next team for me we got Brighton Bright. we got Brighton a team that not many really thought that much of. I think we were higher on them than most people. Um, we just kind of like Graham Potter yeah. in terms of his play style and stuff. Uh, the players on the team are a little higher quality than most people think, partially just because, um, I mean, you lose a guy like Ben White and people see the fee and whatnot, and they're like, oh, well, they didn't really bring anyone in. They still have so much quality. We wondered how no one bought Basuma. Yeah. You know, so coming into this year, uh, two wins, and then they just recently lost to um, Everton. But the main thing is I'm surprised as to how, when I watch them, how careful they are and how uh, conservative, I would say. And we've talked about this. They're third in pass accuracy. And I just, this is a different point that I just wanted to point out. Uh, not about them, but Burnley's at 67% passing. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised it's that oh high, to be gosh. honest. Uh, but third third and pass accuracy, and you're not going to get that by, you know, making these, you know, aggressive plays down the field and stuff. I think yeah. that there's a, they, there's just too much of a sense of comfortability just going back and whatnot in this. This goes uh, to show Adam Webster leads the league in touches. Yeah. Yes, he'll be distributing the ball. Should he be leading the league in touches? No. No. No, he should not be. I think that just kind of ties into my point of teams trying to play the Guardiola system. Yeah. Because uh, Grant Potter, you know, he likes the possession-based, and you see it here. We've seen it in some of the games so far. At times, they too often go back to the center backs instead of trying to push forward and create Mm-hmm. One thing I thought was interesting, they don't have, they have near the bottom in dribbles, but they have like the highest success rate. So I, I, I kind of like their, and I mean, Gross this year has been massive for them. He's been insanely good. Um, I want to say that he's second in key passes. 
only behind Alexander Arnold. So he's having a terrific year. Trossard hasn't been as dynamic as years past, but I mean, we're three games in. He'll probably get it going. I like watching this team. We've always talked about if they had a nine, what they would do. Maupai stepped up a little more here. I just want to see if they can keep this going, this results that they have had so far, two two wins of three. Just kind of keep pushing, chugging along. I want to see if they can finish lower top half of the table. Yeah, where they kind of elevate themselves to a new, you know, mm-hmm. division in the table. Kind yes, of. yeah. More of a solid mid-table team as opposed to... You would have lumped them in the last couple of years with relegation candidate teams. Yeah, for sure. They were more of a, you know, lower table team because mm-hmm. the finishing was not there. So and that really hurt them. Yeah. So hopefully they can keep it going this year and, like you said, elevate them into a new tier and we just kind of become accustomed to Brighton being in the Premier League. Let's go to another team. Been in the Premier League for a little while now. Let's do your last good team. My last good team yeah. being West Ham. I mean, we all kind of believed in West Ham after their season last year. I believe in you, West Ham. But, uh, you know, the start of the season, they've come out flying, you know, played amazing oh, yeah. so far. I mean, they had the one draw, but they still looked pretty strong in that game. Mm-hmm. Just... Crystal Palace took their chance as well. Yeah, I mean, Palace are, like, lowest in, like, shots on target per game at, like, slightly under two, and they got two goals against West Ham. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it was, like, poor West Ham defending, especially that second Gallagher goal. That was just a nice move Mm -hmm. by Connor Gallagher. Uh, Yeah, we'll get – I have – we'll touch on West Ham a little bit later, too, with some of my notes, but they – it's it's just incredible how we wondered if Lingard, you're like, oh, will they miss him that much? Will Ben Rama step up? Well, he did. Yeah, and absolutely. putting Bowen in there all time now on the other side has been amazing. He's been very, very good. Mikel Antonio is obviously, there's nothing to say. I mean, we have, he's the best striker in the Premier League right now, potentially the world uh, in form. But... And then the midfield of Sushek and Rice holding it down. Yeah. They've really just had it going in terms of being solid defensively and then pushing forward so quickly. I feel like people don't give enough credit to Moyes. Like the the, no. the way that he has no transformed this team. They were like almost getting relegated like three seasons ago. He's he's due an apology. Absolutely. I mean, he's done amazing work. and You're turning these players who aren't the flashiest players. You mm-hmm. know, guys like Sushek and Sufal, even Antonio. Yeah, just Bowen, Ben Rama. Kind of grinder guys. Yeah, they're under the radar, but they're quality players, and they're even better when you put them all together. And they just... They just have a so well. certain chemistry to this unit right now and yeah. with the european competition coming up they brought in some depth they can plug and play those guys that won't matter them as much i wouldn't suspect but the way they're rolling in the premier league right now yeah it's they're definitely they're solely they're probably 
I would say for sure top three most entertaining team to watch. You can make the case they're the most entertaining team to watch. Yeah. So, um, anything else you'd like to say about West Ham? No, no. Anything going forward or next team? My this is going to be my last team. Yes. My most intriguing team. Okay. I think you might have a sense of where it's going. Do you? Do you have a guess? Honestly, no. It's Wolves. Okay. Interesting. Wolves have been so good this year, and yet so, so tragic as far as results. That's fair. Uh, Third in shot-creating actions, and just as another side note, because I found this interesting, you want to guess who's last? Shot-creating actions, so like passes leading to shots and dribbles leading to shots and stuff. Uh... You would never guess it. Chelsea. I don't know. Okay, well, maybe never get that. Lester. Eh, that's not that surprising. The Coming way they've the been year, playing. Yeah. yeah, the way they've been playing, that's fair. Um, most efficient tacklers in terms of opportunities. Uh, best dribblers given attempts and dribble percentage. Troy has just been fantastic, leading the minus the finishing. Yes, minus the finishing, of course, leading the league in shot creating actions. It's just their team has been so dynamic in midfield, winning the ball and getting it up as fast as possible. And it's just a matter of putting the ball in the net and seeing one go in. I feel like because once it goes in, I feel like it's just going to be a downpour. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with this run coming up that they have of. Some very, very, at times, stinky teams. Uh, They really could get their season back on track with three out of four wins. I wouldn't even rule that out. I would say the most surprising thing about their team, minus the finishing, has been, um, and I know the stats don't really back it up, but Jose Sa, from Patricio to him, eye test does not look like it's even it's kind of it's i wouldn't say night and day but it's quite the drop off yeah that's one of those areas where you got uh mendez pushing a player whereas there's definitely better keepers out there yeah that they could have gone for i completely agree um but you know that's that's just how wolves are being run at the moment, you know the mm-hmm. the Mendez influence there. Yeah, bringing in the Portuguese players. But what are your thoughts on wolves? Yeah, this I, year? I I agree. I think I'm not concerned at all. Like obviously they haven't had the results go their way so far, but I agree if they get the you know one to hit the back of the net, it'll mm-hmm. it'll just pile on. Yeah, I'm. You know, everyone loves Traore. I'm a little more critical of him because of how poor of a yeah. finisher he is. And he doesn't get that many assists. And he doesn't He's get that many assists. He's more of a assists. facilitator than a uh, playmaker. Um, well, let me he, phrase it like this. He's kind of like a havoc wrecker. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a bull in a china shop. Yes. He, he playmakes in his own way that pulls defenders in and then he passes someone who'll pass it to someone to score he's kind of like a that's why i say facilitator not because he's like a great passer or anything but the way he matriculates the ball down the field 
pulls defenders in toward him to recover, which leaves other guys open, and they work it for a goal. But, um, I mean, solely for the fact that they have like sixty shots and no goals, and they've conceded like twenty shots and have given up like three goals, that alone makes them like a top five <laughs> intriguing team. Like, how yeah. does that even happen? You're just just blowing the doors off everybody, and you can't score, and then you concede a Jamie Vardy amazing goal, concede a crappy a Greenwood shot that somehow goes in. Mm -hmm. It's like, ugh. Yeah, things will work out for Wolves. Let's get to your final team, though. One of our favorite teams. Yes, it's Leeds. The reason I say Leeds is because we've kind of grown to have this expectation of Leeds, of how they're going to play kind of the high-paced passing all over the place, Mm -hmm. dynamic in offense. Yes. It hasn't quite been there so far this year. At times, it kind of has, has popped out, but I think for the most part, it's been kind of lackluster in my opinion. A lot of the time, they just seem kind of timid and not that gung-ho, like, fear-nothing yeah. mentality. And something I noticed, it seemed like they used to kind of switch up the play a lot, like, through Luke Ailing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're wide players. It seems like they don't really do that as much, and they kind of try and work it through the middle more, and it doesn't necessarily work. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Leeds? You know, it's it feels like it's just not clicking, kind of like Wolves, but to a lesser extent. And then as far as the defense, the first game you almost throw out the window because it, yeah. it's just backup guys and yeah, stuff. But for sure. I don't know. It just feels like they're left open more than normal at defense. Um, It just feels like guys aren't quite as sharp in attack, but I feel like it's mainly in defense. They're not nearly as sharp. Cooper's kind of been in this year for me. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, Phillips is doing his job distributing the ball. Rafinha has shown flashes this year. He hasn't really popped Mm -hmm. like people thought he would. He's still... Like I said, he's done well, but, you know, if he gets a little more consistency. The main thing I'm going to be looking forward going forward is Dan James incorporated in this team and how, how much he adds to this attack because I yeah. think he'll have a very nice impact on them. Yeah, I think he might just kind of breathe in some fresh air into the team. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have the system where you relies heavily on pressing and so much running and yeah. high fitness – it's tough to do when you have not that much time in between seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think it can kind of just wear down guys, and eventually it kind of starts breaking down. But, you know, you you bring in some new guys to help fix that and bring in some new energy. I think the way I would compare it is, uh, is honestly a player analogy, and it's a player on leads. I think it's like Bamford, where, yes, he scored, and he got them to draw, but he hasn't been nearly as good as he has before. And that's kind of leads. It's like guys have shown flashes, but they just haven't all been clicking at the exact same time. I feel like, you know, maybe sooner rather than later for what we hope, but everything will kind of start clicking and the gelling, like the leads that we've seen. Cause a lot of it's so much like the guys are just used to playing with each other and stuff. That's the main thing. And that's, you know, they know where they're going to be how they're going to play the ball and whatnot. So 
that cohesion not quite there for Leeds. The quality, maybe it's not fully there right now either. So And maybe we just have too high of a standard for Leeds. Yeah. You know, the first season coming out strong. Yeah, mid table. Maybe they're just a mid table team. Yeah. I for mean for now. Sheffield United finished like eighth or whatever. Yeah, that one year. Or they were like ninth and then when they and came then back they got relegated. Yeah, next year. So one thing I th- uh, found a little surprising about Leeds, Harrison's top three and carries into the final third. You don't feel Leeds as a team that's really carrying the ball a lot. I've always viewed them more as like, like you were saying with long passes and stuff and quick yeah. link up play and stuff. But I just thought that was strange. Well, I mean, Harrison's a massive component for him. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but you know, Maybe they're just trying out different things to kind of cope with the fact that they're not clicking. Yeah. Or how they'd like to play. So True. Moving on from the top five teams, we'll touch on some other topics here real quick. Your surprise team and surprise player so far. Well, we kind of touched on this so far, but uh, West Ham, surprising. Not that they're doing good, that they're doing so good mm-hmm. is what I would say. And then for players, Damari Gray, we kind of laughed at the signing, but yeah, technically he's not that good of a player. Like you see him, he has a lot of heavy touches, but he's really fast and he gets in the right areas and you know can score a goal or two. So yeah, so far so good for it's more him. More practical player than what you would think, especially when you're watching him. He's a little inefficient, but he'll make it. He'll make you pay. Uh, my surprise team talked about it with one of the intriguing teams, but Brentford. A win and two draws in their first three. So they're still undefeated after the first international break. I'd say that's a success. You wouldn't have yeah, expe- at sure. least I wouldn't have expected that. Um surprise player Ben Rama. We knew how good he was. It is a surprise that he's done this well to start the year with all the goals and assists. And mm-hmm. he's been better than anyone in including Lingard was even last year with these first few games, so Let's move on to disappointing team and disappointing player. So for me, I would say Leicester. All right, this is, we're going to loop on this. You have Leicester. I have too. Leicester too. Yeah, they just looked. I don't know what for you. What, what happened? Is it more the attack, the midfield, or the defense? Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you could point to it. Definitely, the attack has been. Not that great if you take away Vardy. Like, you look yeah. at James Madison and Harvey Barnes, and they haven't really played that good. And then the defense, Suyuncu has looked awful. Like, really bad. Yeah. The midfield, I feel like Tielemans hasn't done as, as much as what we've seen in the past. Yeah. I would say for me, the main thing is they were never like an elite, elite defensive team. They were good. They were never elite. So the drop off from that to being pretty mediocre to bad versus the attack, which was always pretty good. And now it's takes a wonder goal, well, not a wonder goal against Wolves, but a, a very difficult 
goal and a one-off chance against Wolves to win that game. And then it takes a Mark Albright and deflection to beat Norwich. Yeah. That attack has to get going, whether it's Madison getting back in form, whether they put Iannaccio back in. It's got to be something. Because this, this attack right now is... This is their that's what they're mainly built for is going forward and scoring goals, Lester. Yeah, for sure. Some players need to play better and also maybe Rogers tactics. A Hianacho should be getting more playing time. The season he had last season makes you wonder if there's more behind the scenes that we don't see. Yeah. Potentially. Very well could be. For player you went Bamford? I went Bamford just because he was so good last season, and this season it seems like every time they try and play it to him, he has just an awful touch, and it kind of ruins the attack. Yeah. And I think they kind of relied on that, that they could pass to him centrally, and he'd be able to work That he can be a target spaces. man or hold up play. He is, He's so versatile. But, yeah, no, he hasn't been able to do that this year. Um, you wonder if it's just a matter of falling out of form or if it's – you know, teams adapting to him, realizing what his play style truly is and how to combat it. Um, I would back him to get out of this. I think he's one yeah. of the better strikers in the Premier League, probably. I'd say like a top seven guy. So uh, for me, it's going to be Sterling. Okay. He has one goal in three games. Yeah. City have 10. Do you think it has anything to do with the long tournament in the summer? Perhaps. I mean, we've seen a lot of these guys kind of come back not nearly as... um, They looked a little gassed, to say the least, especially like England with how long of a run they had. Mm -hmm. Um, But when your team's clicking like that and you're not really clicking... It's kind of just weird to see that, especially with Sterling. You, I think most people would say Sterling's a very vital player for Man City, but Torres right now is kind of being their target man in terms of goals. He's bagging them the goals, and Jesus out on the wing is being a terrific playmaker. Grealish is absolutely killing it right now. The carry king distance and total carries and into the 18-yard box, he leads in all that. So, I don't know. Is there... I'm sure that with someone more than likely, what I'm trying to say is, will eventually fall out of form. And is it Sterling who's going to step up? Will it be Mares? And know, we know that be? Guardiola rotates, rotates all the time. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, you get, you get where I'm coming from, though. Like, if a team's doing so well without a guy, but yet he's still playing, but he's not really doing anything in terms of product i just it's a little concerning i'm not too surprised because he dropped off last season for man city too i don't know if it's just the system doesn't really suit him anymore or what but he looked in my opinion a lot better when he was playing for england than he did pretty much all last season i would agree with that and that's someone who didn't rate him as high for england as other people but he definitely looked much better for england than yeah City. He was actually doing stuff. That Champions League final against Chelsea, he looked hopeless. Yeah. Could add me out there. So I don't know if he just needs some a different scenery or something. 
Yeah. Who knows? Maybe move back to Liverpool. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I probably doubt it, but uh team you've gained the most confidence in and team you've lost the most confidence in. Well, I have a few here. West Ham, obviously. I see that. I only went I only went one. <laughs> and then I'll I'll throw in Tottenham. Just because I was a little skeptical of their managerial yes. situation, but it, it seems to be fine so far. Who do you got? For gain confidence, I went Palace because okay. it could have went either way. Yeah. But they've shown enough signs for me to where I'm like, could they get relegated? Yes, but I at least feel like they have a fighting chance of staying up. I would bet them, if I was a betting man, I would bet them to stay up rather than go down. Yeah, I think they've looked better than we expected this early in the season. Mm-hmm. We expected it a little further down the line, but yeah, they've shown some good moments. Not so to mention, one of the games is pretty much a throwaway game. Chelsea, they were never gonna ever yeah. do anything. Yeah. in that scenario. So, um, team you've lost the most confidence in? Well, I I have Arsenal, but I didn't have much confidence in them. <laughs> And Spoken then, like a true Arsenal supporter. I think the the biggest one being Leicester. Yeah. I mean, we've seen them contend for the top four, finishing fifth, finishing fifth. This season, it doesn't look like they're headed in that direction. I mean, they've obviously been missing Fafana. Mm-hmm. That's a huge miss on that part. But you have guys like Harvey Barnes and James Madison and Jamie Vardy. You expect a little more. To say forward. the least. To say the least. You also have Burnley noted on here. Yeah. I think. You why don't you go ahead? I'll I, let you say I, your point. They have just looked so uninspiring going forward. Like I don't think they are ever gonna score a legitimate goal. Yeah. We had them going down before the year, so we didn't have a ton of confidence in them, especially since I didn't see anyone else that had predictions of them being relegated. So I yeah. th- I feel like we just had bare minimum confidence in them anyways, but uh yeah they so it's hard for me to lose confidence in Burnley. Otherwise I would have picked them. This it's a team that was kind of close to them though, because I if I had to put a top three, I probably would add Burnley on there too. I went with Newcastle. Okay, that's fair. I am a little worried that this whole booing thing's really gonna get to Bruce Ball. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm true. I'm very worried that this is going to get, whether it's the player psyche or just Bruce in general, it's going to get to him. Yeah, you and have not that to, negativity kind of surrounding the club with the fans back. Yeah, not to mention, like, we, we're, I don't think anyone's high in Newcastle's defense, but no. their center back trio they got going on is stinking up the joint out here. It is yeah, so bad. bad. It is so bad. Uh, you can't even blame Freddie Woodman at all for any of this. No. So. Yeah, that was an area we pointed out. You know, just like at the end of last season and before this season, like you got to improve, but they, they didn't address it. They didn't address it. They said that they only had so much in funds to allocate towards transfers, and they put all of it in one basket. All of it into the, the Joe Willick the basket. Joe Willick basket. Um, Which I guess it could be a worse basket, but yeah. it's you know. I think when I look at Newcastle, I see them, they've shown signs of their strong attack. It's still there. Yes. But yeah, the defense is very concerning. Yeah. It's just, 
it might be too much for him. Um, let's see this team and player who will bounce back from a slow start. I picked three teams. I got Arsenal, Newcastle. I still have the faith, Bruce Ball, and then uh, Wolves. I see. Of course, because I mean, yeah, Wolves was like a guarantee, so I didn't want to yeah. go with that. I went with Leeds. I think that they're bound to get it back going. Uh, they're what, like sixteenth right now or something? Yeah, like that. I have. I'd be shocked if they finish below twelfth. I think that they have some games coming up where they're, I wouldn't say easily winnable, but I could see them comfortably winning those games. So I I expect them to get back on track. As far as player, I mean, I kind of cheated a little bit. I went Kane and Sancho, who haven't played a ton, but and they're kind of star players, so they better get it going. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I feel like there's a lot less pressure on Sancho now that Ronaldo's there. Yes. Like he's taken up all of the spotlight completely. Absolutely. So that could be beneficial for Sancho. How about your players? I got Ben White. I mean, he only played the one game, mm-hmm. really, and he, he didn't look very good. But, yeah, I think he's a good player, and he was coming into a bad team. You know, a lot of injuries around him and whatnot. He was playing with a man named Balogun. Yes, that too. And next to Pablo Mari. <laughs> Otherwise, I have Harvey Barnes and James Madison for uh, Leicester. Okay. I like that one. I feel That's like they're optimistic. too good to, yeah. to be playing the way that they've been playing. That's fair. Team slash player who will cool off. I got West Ham probably How dare unpopular. You? How dare you? You know, playing, you're, you're playing, on Vibes Island now. I'm not saying that they're, that <laughs> I know, they're going to drop off time. a cliff. I'm just saying they're going to have to play in the Europa League Thursday to mm-hmm. this Sunday turnaround. It's yeah. a tough, tough schedule. Absolutely. Um, concerned about the fitness of uh, Antonio. You know, he's quite injury prone. He is. And that could be a big loss. So you got him as maybe a guy that cools off too? Because, I mean, that yeah, almost feels not, bound. Not due to form, he's... more due to like a potential injury. I see. And then I also have Everton. I think that the style of their play. If it's it... going to catch up to him against a good enough team. <laughs> yeah. If you stop converting those chances, then you're just playing awful. Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> then you're playing Newcastle. Yeah, pretty much. But um, I would say for my team, that's going to cool off its Man City. Okay. They're not going to be ripping off. Yeah. If, if you look at it like that, yeah. Well, and it'll go beyond that a little bit, a little bit. You don't, um, you don't play Arsenal 38 times a season. We know, we know. Yes. Uh, and then player who will cool off a little bit. Pascal Gross. Okay. He's been amazing. He's yeah. been like a top tier creative guy this year. There's no way he keeps that up. There's no yeah. way he keeps it up as like a top five creative player. Um any predictions over the next month before we go to match day four? Uh, I already said this, but I, I predict a Michael Antonio injury out for significant time, p- perhaps a month or so. Um Arsenal will look better. They've got a couple of winnable fixtures coming up here. A lot of players back. Mm-hmm. That's yep. a big boost. Absolutely. It's kind of all coming together. It's all coming up Hopefully. Arteta. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> and then I'm going to say Newcastle picks up some more points. If they would just commit to being more attack-minded, 
because that is their strong suit. Yes. Their strong suit is not defense. So stop trying to defend. Okay. <laughs> Just go all out. Attack, attack, attack. Score some goals. One, four, three. Get some points. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this one could be bad. This prediction could really come back. Chelsea beat Tottenham and City by next international break. Wolves win their next three out of four. Everton remains top five. By, this is all by the next international break. City will not be top five. Whoa, as they play hot take. Chelsea and I want to say Liverpool and Leicester. Okay. Three of four. Some Could be some tough ones. And Villa hit a little rough patch. And they're going to be in the next, bottom five or six teams. Yeah, I could see that for sure. They have some tough matches coming up. Yeah. Some pretty, pretty tough teams. So, um, moving on, a little more prediction time, but this time relative to the match week four. Match week variety. four. Everyone's favorite part of the show. <laughs> Absolutely. It better be. We don't know if that's true, but it better be. Yeah, I'm just making that up completely. <laughs> Start off Palace, Tottenham. This one is in Selhurst. Yes. Yep. I'm going to say it's going to be a 1-0 Spurs win. You know, From I, th- what I think they'll hold on to the ball more than what they've shown in the previous games, but I don't think it'll be like a full-on dominant performance. Yeah. I'll go with a 2-0 Tottenham. Uh, I don't know how. I think they're going to have to hold the ball a little more this game. I don't think there's yeah. any way Palace are going to be maintaining the possession the only time we've seen that is like that 15 minute stretch against brentford yeah when james MacArthur was in golo conte and won the ball <laughs> yeah, back every time much. uh so yeah i go two nil spurs i think the main thing to watch there will be i think kane will get back on track we'll play i think that um what's his name supposed to play emerson royal whatever yeah. his name he's supposed to feature i'll see him i don't know anything about that man what do you call a Big Mac in France? <laughs> a Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. <laughs> Arsenal, Norwich. 3-1 Arsenal. I have a 1-0 for Arsenal. I feel like every prediction I've seen for this, someone has Norwich scoring. Well, it is Arsenal. <laughs> I have enough faith in Arsenal's defense. The attack is what I struggle with. Um, any Anything you're watching in that game, specifically in terms of whether it's like midfield attack defense um it'll be interesting to see the midfield potentially um Partey and zombie Lokanga. i think that could be a good midfield pairing hopefully they'll show some signs of wanting to attack and not doing the the u-ball Arteta ball, horseshoe ball whatever you want to call it so arsenal don't really press all that much correct is that fair to say? Relative to other Premier League teams? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just we don't have the athletic type players as okay. much, you would say. I mean, a guy like Jaka is he's pretty slow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wondering because Norwich are going to be building out from the back. They have the, like the most touches in the defensive third. Yeah. So... I wonder if that will give them a little bit of leeway 
and kind of trying to play their own way. Yeah, potentially. But, I mean, they have, like, the least amount of touches, I think, in the box and in the attacking third in the Premier League. So they can't really do that much building out from the back. Or maybe they'll try out some new tactics and not build out from the back so much. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Brentford, Brighton, what do we got here? I think this one might be a nil-nil. At Brentford, I'm going to go with a 1-1. I want to see this terrific Brentford midfield so far against Brighton's midfield, which isn't all that amazing, but they do have one guy who's better than anyone at Brentford in midfield, and that's Basuma. Yeah. I want to see this battle of the midfield for Brighton. Um, and Brighton's going to hold the ball. Let's see what let's see what Brentford do uh, in terms of kind of sitting back a little and then maybe kind of open up on the counter, a little Tony and Mbwemba. And and I think this one I see two teams that are fairly defensively sound. Um, I guarantee you no one scores in the second half. And they're, and they're not the most convincing going forward so far. I mean, they have their moments, Brighton more so. Yeah. Um, I think it'll just be a kind of defensive stalwart. Fair enough. Leicester, City. Well, you know, Leicester's kind of been uh, City's bogey team in the I know. It's kind of strange, but this is not your regular Leicester. But then it's like yeah. international break, maybe time to refresh. Throw on a Hianacho, pick up another 5-3 win. <laughs> I'm no. thinking 2-1 City. I'm thinking 3-1 City. Okay. Okay. I see. Is there any signs of life from Leicester that you see? Or is it is it a blowout 3-1, or is it like a Man City get one at the end and it was scoreline doesn't really indicate how close it was? I, I think Man I think City against Leicester's game. defense... It's kind of a scary thought for yeah. me. Yeah, they have some Torres and Grealish right now. Yeah. And even Jesus, they're just clicking. Yeah. So it's hard to see them not winning. United Newcastle. The debut of Ronaldo. He's done, dude. His days are cooked. Yeah, he's going against pretty Bruce. washed. Well, no, just going against Bruce. He'll do well next week, but... That would Newcastle. be the funniest thing, though, if they lost to Newcastle. Like, <laughs> if there could ever be a thing that happens, please, Newcastle, win this match at Old Trafford on the return of Ronaldo. It's Matt Ritchie <laughs> with a belter. <laughs> I can't tell you how happy that would make me. <laughs> but I think it'll be United. 4-0. 4-0. I was thinking, the, yep, 4-0. All right, unfortunately. Um... Southampton, West Ham. West Ham, 3-0. 3-0? Yeah. Southampton, I don't give them as much credit as you do. <laughs> We're going to go 2-1 West Ham. We're going to go 2-1. I, like, I think that West Ham's going to dominate midfield. Southampton will have some kind of fluky play. Or something's going to happen. Yeah. Kind of like the El Nueve goal where it's like they're in a good position, but yet it takes a fluke for them to score. It has to like hit off three people and go off a chest in it. So. Yeah. Watford Wolves. This is a good one for Wolves to, <laughs> to really blow the doors open. I think this will be a 3-0. I'm going to go 3-1 Wolves. 
I like this matchup for Wolves. I think that if they're able to get a stronghold of the game early on, they'll be able to put their stamp on it for sure. Um, I don't. I think that their distribution is going to be so much for Watford to handle. Tottenham wasn't yeah. even super sharp last week, and it felt like at any given time they were going to potentially score. It took like seven or eight saves out of Bachman, so Wolves 3-1. And we got Villa, Chelsea. I'm going to say Chelsea 2-0 for this one. Yeah, I came into this week thinking, I was like, oh, man, I could see Villa, you know, being a little, they're a little frisky with Chelsea always, but this one's at the bridge. Maybe an Ings goal, but I'm going to go 3-0. Could be 3-1. Hard to see Chelsea losing this one. Yep. Uh, Leeds Liverpool. Before you give the prediction, I've had interesting games before between these two. What are you going to be looking for out of Leeds? What's their key to success? Well, I think they just need to pick up the tempo and get back to their, you know, mm-hmm. high tempo attacking, pressing football. You know, really challenge that Liverpool midfield. I was going to say, not allow them to connect with the. You're going to need a Phillips masterclass out there in terms of winning the ball, but then also distributing it from that midfield spot. Even if you're having someone like Glick, I think he'll have a very nice game. Dallas sometimes cuts it centrally. If he's doing that, I I would expect Leeds to have tremendous success. But as far as Liverpool, Leeds have not looked very well defensively. No. Mo Salah is in form and he's punishing people. Yeah. And then on the other end, you have Pat Bamford going up against Virgil van Dijk. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool. I'm going to say 3-1 Liverpool. I see. I see you just have to one-up me. What do we got for the last game for all the listeners that are going to be watching this game of the week? This is a real doozy. Everton Burnley for some Monday Night Football. Woo! <laughs> this one. We got to record that and put that on the soundboard every every time we got a great Yeah, that's up. the doozy sound soundboard clip. Um This one's at Everton, right? Yes, Goodison. This feels like one Burnley would steal cuz no one's watching. They just win like 2-1. But uh we're going to go Everton, one nil. I'll go with a one-one. Okay. I feel like Burnley kind of been digging out draws from nowhere. Yeah. They're Sean, gonna be very Sean Dyche, physical. She'll pull it out. You know, he'll he'll take it to Rafa. Yeah. Everton won't be able to just sit back in this one against <laughs> that's, Burnley. That's very true. It's no one's a, able to sit back against Burnley. <laughs> a physical task. That's for sure. <sighs> Is there anything you'd like to get off your chest before we wrap this one up? Any prediction? You've been on fire as far as weekly predictions go. Let's it's back-to-back weeks with correct predictions. And even last week, you gave us a two-for-one. You gave us Damari Gray and um, Calvert-Lewin will both score and Everton win. Yeah, I'm going to say... Don't think about two hours. Your hot takes for the Trincao Brace. All right. Against Watford. All right. That's what I got for you. Nice. Well, you heard it here, folks. 
Signing off for the Premiership Perusal Podcast. Hank and Zam, out of here.